Thank you, Sam. And let's open our hearts to the Word of God. Hello? All right. How's that sound? Thanks, Dave. That was... I don't know. (laughs) Um, Well, it's great to be here. Um, It's great to see all of you guys. Um, As I was thinking about speaking, I was just looking around and just... I... I feel like I know every single one of you guys, um, you know, just conversations and just talking to everyone here, and that makes you like my family. Um, I really do see you guys as my family. My immediate family is right here. Um, there's my brother and my dad and my aunts and uncles. Um, I, didn't, I didn't ask them to come, but my dad found out I was speaking, and so he just brought the whole crew but um, when I'm not around them, this really is my family, and I've kind of made this my, my home, and I always, that's why I'm always excited to come here on Sunday mornings, so thank you guys for that. Um, okay, today uh, we're going to be talking, I'm going to be talking about zeal, um, a commitment to being passionate towards God. Um, so... We're going to start with uh, Romans 12. Can you pull that scripture up there? We're going to look at verse 11. Uh, is that the New King James? All right, that, I think that is the New King James. My, my verse in here is a little different. Um, not lagging in diligent, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. That's the verse we're going to, we're going to focus on. What does it mean to, to, be, to be diligently, fervently serving the Lord? What does fervency look like in, in our lives as we, as we seek the Lord? That kind of passion, um, that desire in us to seek the Lord with all of our hearts. What, is that, what does that look like and how can we live that out? So that's the verse that we're going to be focusing on. That's what this message is about. So <clears throat> a while back, uh, a couple months ago, I was going to the beach with some friends um, and me and uh, Daniel Roshin, some of you guys know him. We we're in the we we're in the same car. We we're just driving, driving along. And uh, I had had this thing in my heart that God was kind of doing in me that, like, I really it kind of it kind of been going this direction for a while. But I really didn't want to listen to any kind of secular music in the car. I just wanted to listen to worship music, and I wanted to um, enjoy the Lord. And um, and me and Dan had, you know, listened to worship music in the car before, like when we'd wake up early to go to um, Daily Alignment. It's this prayer meeting that we do that Clint started a while back. But um, so uh, just worshiping music, listening to worship music in the car. But I just felt like really going for it and um, really pouring out my heart to God just right there as we were driving. You know, I was driving, you know, and I'm like, praise the Lord. <laughs> Keep your eyes open. But um, when you're really worshiping the Lord in the car, make sure you don't close your eyes for too long. You know, I mean, you can, <laughs> you can do that for just a second. But um, So we're worshiping the Lord and just really going for it, just praying and really getting into it, just um, pouring my whole heart out to God, um, you know, and eventually, when you're, when you're really kind of into it, you start shouting and praying, and it, it gets pretty intense. I don't know, like, it's kind of that thing with when you're, when you're praying, if you really start to kind of get into it, 
then it starts to get more intense. It just does. It kind of builds. Um, and so we're just praying, and it's just a great time with God, and we're just prophesying over cars to our left and right, you know, like financial blessing and like everything else that we felt like God was putting on our hearts, you know. And now, to people driving by us, we probably look kind of crazy. I mean, because, you know, I'm just like, praise the Lord, you know, like that. And um, maybe not the safest way to drive, but um, I believe the Lord's protecting me. <laughs> anyway, so we had that experience. It was awesome. And then um, maybe a week later, uh, I'm at DA, Daily Alignment. I mentioned it earlier. It's, it's a prayer meeting that Clint started. We do it every morning. It, it's kind of a... It's, just, it's about 45 minutes. We spend about 15 minutes talking or discussing the word. And then we get into prayer. And um, it's just so that we can align our day so that the rest of the day we kind of start off the right way. But I'm in, I'm in daily alignment, and God puts this thought on my heart. Like, you know, like seeking God passionately is so important. And um, seeking him is so important but not just seeking God passionately, but having a commitment to that. You know, I didn't want it to be like a one-time thing where I like had a great moment with God and then I just like, you know, wait a long time and then have another great moment with God sometime later. Like, I should be committed to being passionate about God so that it's not just every once in a while. It's like, you know, man, I'm in a time here. I've got some time alone. Like, I can seek God intensely right now. I can seek him with all of my heart right now. I mean, there's nothing, that, there's nothing that keeps us from that. And so this question was, you know, has been on my heart, you know. Why, why should I not seek God with all of my heart right here, right now? Or what holds me back in any moment from giving God my whole heart in that moment? Really intensely seeking him. There's nothing that, would, there's nothing that gets in our way. It's, a, it's the willingness of our heart to go there. So, um, so I've got, <clears throat> so why, why should we, um, why should we be committed to seeking the Lord passionately? Um, first reason is it's essential to any loving relationship, right? Um, I'm not married. I hope to be married soon. <laughs> I'm praising God because I know he's going to bring me a loving, beautiful wife. So thank God for that. <laughs> and I've got some ladies in the church who are like looking out for me. They're always like, Sam, I'm trying to find you someone. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> um, but, but I know that, that you know, there's different components to, to uh, good, deep relationships. And, of course, you know, there's commitment. Um, and there's that, that closeness in relationship. But also there's, there's passion, Marriage, especially, you know, marriage relationships need to have passion. They need to have that life. They need to have that emotion in them. That's where, like, that's where the fire is. That's where the, you, that's where the love is evident, you know? And so, but not just, but not just like a one-time thing when I felt like being loving to, you know, you married people, when you feel like being loving to your wife, but, but there should be a commitment there to, to working that passion up to where you feel that all the time towards that person. And you don't let your heart be in a cold place where you're just kind of, you know, not feeling towards that person. You work that up and you show emotion, you show energy, passion, and love. So 
commitment to being passionately in love um, is vital to our relationships, but it's vital to our relationship with God. We should be committed to seeking him wholeheartedly and showing that emotion, that love. Um, and, you know, the, the Romans passage talks about when we're serving the Lord. Um, I'm mostly focusing on just our times when we're worshiping and, and praying to God. Um, of course, that can be any time. But we can serve God um, and love him passionately no matter what we're doing, obviously. Um, I was thinking about, you know, how, like, if you're, if you're in love with someone, you feel those loving feelings, um, it doesn't matter what you're doing, right? You still kind of have that in the back of your mind, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's kind of where that passion comes from. Um, <clears throat> the next reason is uh, it's a command. God commands us to, to, um, to seek him this way. Uh, we, we talked about, I mentioned the verse in Romans, and we're going to look that, at that a little closer in a second, but that's one command, be fervent. Be fervent towards God when you're serving him. And then Deuteronomy 6 says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength, I think. Sorry. And I might have got that one a little bit wrong. Okay? So, so God commands us to live this way. And then... Um, we, he's worthy of it. He's worthy of our passion. He's worthy of all of our love. He's worthy of us pour, pouring our hearts out to him. So we always have a reason, or a reason to give our whole hearts to him in worship too, to really seek him with all that we have, is because he's God, and we're, we're humans. He made us. He's worthy of all the praise we can give him. And then um, the last reason I have is that he, he gave himself for us. He gave his whole life for us. Jesus, um, he came, he died on the cross. Um, he didn't withhold his life from you. He, I mean, everything he had, he gave it all. I mean, there's nothing more to give than his entire life. So if Jesus would give everything for you, then why shouldn't we give everything for him? In, in any moment, that you know we have to worship God. Why shouldn't we just, God, you have my everything. Give our whole strength, our whole mind, everything we have. So God, Jesus gave everything. That's a and that's a big motivator for me. You know, when I'm worshiping God, it's like God, you gave it all for me. I'm going to give it all for you. So I repeat that question: What keeps us from giving our whole heart to God at any time, right here, right now? Or when you leave from here and you're in the car? Let's look at scripture. Can, you, um, can we pull up that verse, Romans 12? Okay. So I'm going to start in verse 9. I don't know if you... It's okay. Verse 9 says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, uh, given to hospitality. So right there in verse 11 says, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. So I... Looked up this word, fer, uh, fervor. In Greek, it's the word zeo. 
right? Zeo. Sounds like zealous, right? So zeo means to boil with heat, to be hot. I love that. It's, um, you can see the energy in that, the energy in serving the Lord. The, um, I mean, because that's what heat is, right? Heat is energy. As the cells or the, the, not cells, the molecules start to move fastly, right? That's, that's the energy. And if you look at boiling water, it's like, it almost looks alive. It's like, you know, it's just going. And um, so you can see all that energy. I was recently... Uh, Pouring myself a cup of tea. This is what happened a couple of weeks ago, and like I knew to like stay away from the boiling water, right? You know, it's like you know boiling water, but the the steam like came up, <laughs> a big gust of steam and burnt my hand. I was like ah, and I dropped the pot, and it really burnt my hand, and um, that it was bad, right? You guys have experienced that before, right? <laughs> it was bad and. And, but what is that? The, the, the molecules in the water move so quickly, right, that they start to enter the, the, they start to mix with the air molecules. I know this is not super technical. I'm looking at Jen because she teaches this like all the time, so I'll see if she approves afterwards. Um, but the molecules, you know, they're going super fast, right? And then they're, they're combining with the air molecules because air moves really quickly, right? That's why it's uh, air, I think that's right. Anyways, so... <laughs> The heat, the heat is transferred, right? The energy is transferred into my skin, and it causes that disruption there. It burns my skin, but it's a transfer of energy. So heat is what? It's, it's full of energy, and it's effective. It affected my hand. It hurt me. Now, that's, that kind of describes that fervency or, or when we're praying or when we're, when we're serving the Lord. Energy, Right? When I come to the Lord in prayer, I'm not just kind of like, I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's okay to not be contemplative and stuff, but, but I mean, sometimes we should come to the Lord with some energy, you know, not just like, oh, God, you know, I love you. And, you know, you wonder why, you know, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to focus on the Lord, you know, when you're praying. Anyone have that, have that issue? You're like, I know I should pray, but I'm thinking about this and that. Well, guys, when you're, when you got some energy, I mean, you see how Dave, anyone see, has seen Dave pray He's got that energy. He's got that movement. And Dave's pacing back and forth, and he's like, the Lord, and he's swinging his arms. If you're near him, you might get hit. <laughs> but he's got energy, and there's no way he's thinking about anything else because when you put energy into something, your mind stays focused on that thing. Give energy to the Lord when you serve him. Let it flow out of you. Be excited. All right? So that... Uh, that verse right there. <laughs> All right, Dave, can you turn to Deuteronomy 6? Go here. All right, Deuter- Deuteronomy 6. I'm going to start in verse 4, actually. No, I know I didn't tell you. I was going to... It doesn't matter. All right, here we go. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. I'm going to read this, this next part. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. 
these words, you know, love the Lord your God. So important. Put it everywhere. <laughs> Do it. Love the Lord your God. All right. Um, but these, these words here, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. In Hebrew, heart is labab. Labab, that's kind of a funny word. Um, it means mind, will, and understanding. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, will, and understanding. I'm not, that, that could be a whole message. You know, Dave talks about using your imagination for the Lord, study, all this kind of stuff. That, it's that mental thing. Love God that way. But check this out. Love the, Lord with, love the Lord your God with all your soul. Soul in Hebrew is nefesh. Nefesh means this. Love, uh, love the Lord your God with all your desire, emotion, passion. Can you imagine loving God like that? I desire the Lord. Didn't David, David said, um, David, the guy who killed Goliath, <laughs> um, that he desired the Lord as a, as a deer pants for water. Desire God. Love the Lord your God with emotion. Can you imagine giving your emotions to God as you're praying, as you're crying out to God? Even that phrase, crying out to God, it speaks of emotion. It speaks of something welling up deep within you. When you're with God, in, in that, whether if it's in a quiet place or with people, but give yourself to God. Don't withhold your emotion from someone. Imagine if you withheld your emotion from your significant other, that, that, that loving passion, that, um, that happiness, that joy, that deepness. Love God with emotion. Have you ever thought of loving God that way? Using your emotions to cry out to love God deeply? And passion. We've been talking about that. So, And then... Um, so I coach, um, I coach soccer at Foothill Christian School. And um, sometimes, well, our team did, did pretty good this year. We went all the way to playoffs, lost to the best team in the league in the last, uh, last game, 2-1. to one. But I remember, I remember sometimes in the games, me being the coach, I'm, I'm really invested in these players and invested in the team. I just I love to see them running around, working together. I'm always yelling at them, not in like a bad way, but like, get back, get over, do this, you know. And um, so I'm all, I'm all invested in it. And there's, there were a handful of times we had a forward who's pretty good. Um, he would get on a breakaway, and breakaways are just like, ah, you get like, you can't help but like get, you can't help but get excited. And so, you know, he's running down this way, and I'm like, go, 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 you know, I'm like, and then he scores, and I seriously, I jumped, you know, I jumped really high. I'm like, yes! And um, one of those final games, you know, like, we kind of won like that. It was, a, it was like a double overtime, and we, I think that was the game we won on a breakaway score, and it's like a golden goal type of thing, so they score, and the game's over. And so they score, and I run on the field. I'm like, yes, you know, high five, and everyone. It's like, I feel it. I feel that emotion. Man, that's the kind of emotion we can give to God. I mean, that, uh, we, can, we can love God that way. We can be like, yes, yes, go God. Um, it's there in us. We don't, we don't have to withhold that from God. It, we, can, we have the ability to, to invoke that in ourselves like, to give that to God, that kind of emotions there, and so any any time you're in, I mean, even that's why I love worship. You know, especially this morning, everyone 
There's something about being in a group of people that everyone's kind of seeking the same thing. And we're all kind of, we're all, as we, as we pour out our hearts even more intensely to God, when I see lots of people raising their hands, I'm like, oh, you know, like I want to raise my hands. I want to worship with you guys. There's something about worshiping with a group of people that's amazing. Maybe that's why God says he's enthroned upon the praises of his people. He likes to be here with us when we're, we're worshiping him and we're pouring out our hearts to him. Um, and then the last word, um, we're, love the Lord your God with all your might. That's um, force, abundance. That's what the word means, might, force, abundance. Um, I've been at some prayer meetings where I get done with a prayer meeting and I feel tired. You were really tired. And I'm not talking tired because like, you know, one person was praying too long. <laughs> you know, it's like, or something like that. I'm talking tired because like, I'm seeking the Lord intensely. I'm not, I'm not just doing like a, 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 just a quiet, small prayer. I, I'm, I'm really pouring my heart to God. You know, I'm rocking back and forth. You know, it's like I'm going for it. And you feel tired after it. That's what it means to seek God, at least in prayer, with your might, with your force, with abundance. Something that was kind of convicting to me was I don't know if any of you guys have seen, there's a video called The Finger of God. It kind of documents um, like God moving in power in different places um, throughout America, but then it expands to the whole world. And uh, there's one scene in there where they have footage from inside China about, I don't know, probably 30 years ago, I think, um, when kind of persecution was a lot worse there uh, for Christians. But they, he was talking about their, the conditions that their prayer meetings were at, and there were like tons of people stuffed in this small little room, and they had some footage. It was only, I mean, it was, it was only a few seconds, but it showed these, these Christians crying out to God, and they looked like this. Like they were just, they were, their, their faces were contorted as they prayed with such intensity, and they're just speaking so quickly it's like and i see this picture of like it's a group there's it's it's a whole crowd but it's right up near their faces and they're all like praying so intensely i'm thinking these guys are praying like these guys are really seeking god these are go, they're going after god intensely and china has seen a great revival i mean millions of people come to christ all the time over there i mean the church in china is huge and, I mean, you wonder why it's people there are seeking God in a real passionate way. They're really going after God. They're seeking God with all, all their hearts. Um, turn with me to James 5. All right, James 5, okay. All right, I'm going to start in verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective... Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years 
and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced fruit. It says here in verse 15, or 16, um, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Okay? That's fervency. That word, um, I'll talk about the word in a second. Elijah, Elijah prayed earnestly. Elijah's the example of that. His prayers were, were earnest. It, it wasn't that he just prayed like, just a quick, oh God, bring rain. Like, he earnestly prayed to God, and God did something amazing, right? That word fervent, right there, means, uh, in the Greek, it's called energeo. I'm like looking at these Greek words, and I'm like, oh, that sounds like an English word. <laughs> you know? Energy, right? Um, and the word means to be operative, to be at worth, to put forth power, okay? You ever think of prayer like that as work? You're working on the heavens, right? <laughs> Praying that to heaven, you know, towards God. It's got to be work. It's got to be powerful. That's how Elijah was praying. He was praying earnestly. Um, have, you ever, have you guys ever seen um, Koreans pray? Anyone? Koreans have this way of praying um, where they don't just pray like individually like we do here in America. They will, they will all pray at the same time, and it's really loud. You know? <laughs> and so you hear Koreans pray, and you're like, whoa, it's really loud in here. And these people seem intense. Um, and there, you can tell there's like an energy about that. They're putting forth work when they pray. They're really pouring out their hearts to God when they're seeking him. And look at, look at Korea. Korea's had a great revival as well. China and Korea both have had these great revivals going on in the country. I'm talking about South Korea. Um, and one of the largest churches in America, uh, America, sorry. <laughs> one of the largest churches in the world is in South Korea. There's a place in South Korea called Prayer Mountain. They say that if you're, like, if you're within the vicinity of it, I'm not sure what that means, but you can hear people praying like all the time. There's like this hum about that area. People are just, they're praying out loud and they're, you can, they're praying all the time. And God does powerful things when people come to him like that and pray fervently, pray with energy, with power. Korean style praying. <laughs> we do that sometimes here in the morning. I don't know. Some people call it Korean style. It's just prayer, I guess. So what does it look like? Uh, turn to Second Samuel chapter 6. Second Samuel chapter six. Let's see. Um, uh, Sorry, in verse twelve. Now it was told King David, saying, "The Lord has blessed the house of Obed Edom and all that belongs to him, because the ark of God, because of the ark of God, the ark of God was in this guy's house and it was just blessing him all over, right?" Um, so David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. So it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. So they only went six paces and they're already sacrificing something the whole way. You know. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. 
So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of trumpet. So how did David, how did David seek the Lord? How did David show his love to the Lord? It says he danced. Not, he didn't just do a little dance. This was an all-his-might kind of dance. <laughs> you know, like, that's that power. That's that energy. He's really giving it all to the Lord. And he's not, I mean, it's amazing. He's, he doesn't care about what other people might think of him. It says in verse 16, Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, uh, Michal, Michal, I don't know, Saul's daughter looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord. Uh, leaping and whirling, right? He's like spinning around before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place and in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Then he distributed among all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both the women and the men, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, a cake of raisins. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household, and Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today, in the eyes of the maids of his servants, and as the one... as as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all of his house to appoint me ruler over the people, uh, over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord, and I will be even more undignified than this, and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor." So David, in his passion and zeal for the Lord, did not care um, if anyone despised him. He just didn't care. He was at that point, right? And it makes me think of, um, I don't know where like this kind of scene is in my head from. I think it's from a movie. You guys all kind of, you guys will know what I'm talking about. You know that, that, that um, the picture of a guy, right? He's... Um, he just like asked a girl out or something. Maybe maybe the girl accepted his proposal to be married, and so the guy is like in a heightened state of I you know love you know. And so it doesn't matter where he walks, you know, he could be walking into his work the next day, and he just goes, "I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it." <laughs> I mean, like, I, I don't know. Does anyone know if that's from a movie or something like that? I feel like I've seen. I saw that somewhere. Yeah, but I feel like it was somewhere before that, too. Singing in the... No, I haven't seen that one. It may be. Um, let's just go with... El- well, it's, yeah, it's definitely an elf. Okay. But that's the, that's the kind, of, kind of love that, like, I see, like, David. You know, David's like, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. I'm going to spin around. I'm going to dance. I'm just going to let it all... I'm going to let it all go. It doesn't matter. I love Jesus. <laughs> what? Um, and, uh, you know, like, uh, our Friday night Bible study, we, we sometimes meet in, uh, we'll meet in Starbucks, we try to, or we'll meet in front of Barnes and Noble. We sometimes try to get out so that we're just amongst the people, you know, we want to study there. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'm like reading scripture and I'm kind of like, I up the volume just a little bit. <laughs> you know, people are walking by and 
I love Jesus, and I don't care if anyone knows it. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, scripture. Maybe someone will hear it and know that I love Jesus. And when we're praying, you know, I'm not just kind of like, you know, I'm praying. I'm like hoping someone notices I'm praying because I love Jesus, and I don't care who knows that I love Jesus. Acts, uh, turn to Acts 16. Uh, um, Acts 16. I'm going to start in uh, verse, verse 20. All right, so this is Paul and Silas. They're in Philippi, and they had been preaching. They had just casted a demon out of this girl, and the people who, I think, owned her, um, she she would prophesy in a way. And so they got really mad because they kind of lost their income, I think. Anyway, so they get the whole town kind of riled up against Paul and Silas. And so it says here in verse 20, So they brought them before the magistrates, magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city, and they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanded the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, uh, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosened. But can you imagine being beaten and many stripes on their backs, and now not, and right after that you're shackled, okay, and you're in a dingy Roman prison? I mean, that's a bad place to be. And, you know, sometimes I think, you know, I say, I don't feel like. Seeking God. I don't feel like worshiping God. If anyone could say they didn't feel like worshiping God, it was Paul and Silas. Yet they're in the prison, and what are they doing? They're still giving their whole hearts to God. They still are seeking him intensely, no matter where they're at. I think that shows a lot of passion. Uh, Turn to Mark 11. Now Jesus was... Full of zeal. He was passionate. See this here in Mark 11, uh, verse 15. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers, the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves. Then the scribes and oh, stop there. You have made it a den of thieves. All right, and then turn over to John, uh, John two. We're gonna look at verse thirteen. It's John says something about Jesus here in verse thirteen. Um, actually, no, I'm gonna go down to seventeen. So after all these things happened. Says, then his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house has eaten me up. Or some versions version say consumed me. <laughs> um, but so when these disciples 
Well, so Jesus is, Jesus is intense, right? He sees that people are selling in, his house, in, in God's house, and he's, he's overturning the money changers. He's not afraid to make a scene. He loves God. He loves his house. This is supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. Okay, so Jesus feels this. And so he intensely pushes everything aside, chases the money exchangers out, okay, because this is God's house. And what, is, what, is, what did the disciples remember about him when they see him doing this? I mean, they must have been like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> like in the temple, <laughs> you know, this is a scene. And they, but they remembered in their hearts this scripture, this scripture, it's in Psalm uh, 69. Zeal for your house consumes me. You know, and as I'm seeking, when I'm seeking the Lord, you know, I think of that phrase, zeal for his house consumes me. I love that word, consumes me. It, consume is like fire, right? Things get consumed by fire, or in, in, this, in the New King James, says, eaten me up. It's like, it's, it's all through and through. He's filled with zeal. It's, it's taking over him, right? Can you imagine that in your prayers, in your times with God? That zeal for God consumes you? <clears throat> um, so, how does this look? How do we, how do we live this out? Um, you know, I talked about, you know, sometimes, sometimes you feel tired while you're praying. You put energy into it. If you really add intensity and passion, you're not going to start falling asleep, you know? Don't pray in your bed like this. <laughs> or that classic picture of, like, prayer with your hands, you know? That's like asking to fall asleep, you know? It's like, <laughs> maybe that was, like, part of the enemy's plan, you know? He was like, I should, like, teach them, I should, like, get in their mind that they should pray like this on their bed, you know? It's like, that's like the perfect place to stop praying and fall asleep. <laughs> Let's, we should, maybe, maybe we should add some intensity to our prayers and start going back. I mean, that's, you know, that's one of the reasons I pace a lot when I pray. But it's because, you know, like, for me, it's like, it's like that movement, that energy. I feel, in my, I feel in my thoughts and in my mind when my body is moving. We're just, and that's just, that's just how we're created as humans. It's like our mind and our emotions and our, our, our things inside mirror what's going on outside. Those fiery emotions start to come when you're punching and stuff like that. You know, it's like, do the motions. They, they enact that, those passions that the, the inside comes out that way. David would command his motions. Turn to Psalm 103. Actually, it's kind of cool. We were singing this song. Um, Psalm 103 says this, right in the beginning there. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. David's telling himself, bless the Lord. He's not saying, you, you know, you should feel like blessing the Lord because of all his benefits. He's saying, bless the Lord, O my soul. He will do it. He wills to bless the Lord, and so he'll seek him that way. He'll pour out his heart to that He'll pour out his heart to God that way. Or, or Psalm 57. Psalm 57 says, this is really cool. Um, it 
In verse 7, my heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awaken my glory. Awake lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations, for your mercy reaches into the heavens and your truth unto the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. I love that in verse 7 and 8. Awaken my glory. Awaken lute and harp. He's saying, like, music, play. Awaken that in your heart. I will awaken the dawn. Uh, That's just a cool phrase. (laughs) It's like, like he's calling it forth. Invoke that in yourself. Even when you, even when your heart feels cold. There's a song by some. uh, I heard it uh, from IHOP. It was just International House of Prayer, not the pancakes. Um, They they have a 24-hour live web stream where you hear that, where you hear them worshiping and praying all the time. And one time they were singing singing a song, "Awake in Them." Uh, my cold, cold heart. Like they were talking about bringing their heart close to the fire of God. Oh, warm your cold, cold heart. Sometimes our hearts are so cold towards God. Awaken the dawn. Okay? Don't let your heart stay in a place where you're not worshiping God. What keeps us from giving our whole hearts to God? And then um, the other question is, how bad do you want it? Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen says this. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Deuteronomy 4.29 says the same thing. If you seek him with all your heart and soul. Um, is that right there? But when you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. How bad do you want God? In, your next, in the next time you are spending time with God, You'll, fi- you'll only find God if you're willing to give all of that, if you're willing to give all of your emotion, your tension, your passion, your zeal, everything. Give it to God. He's worthy of it. Okay. How bad do you want it? So, um, after those kind of, uh, after that moment, I was talking earlier about some of my experiences, and more recently, kind of after that experience at Daily Alignment, I just, um, I was in my car coming back from work, and I just had some worship music going on, and I just had this thought in my mind, you know, like, why not here, why not right now? Why not just, like, give my heart to Jesus right here? Like, why, why shouldn't I? Why should I withhold my affection from him? And so I just, I just had a great time with God, just worshiping him in the car as I drove home. And, um, so that was really great, and I got home, and I'm just still feeling it. And um, Dan and Mark are just hanging out, Mark right there. And um, I was just like, guys, like, why sh- what's keeping us from giving our whole hearts to God right now? Why shouldn't we just worship him? And it wasn't any kind of, we weren't planning to have a worship night or anything like that. We just, we put on some worship music. We just started worshiping the Lord so intensely as we just were, were getting into it and pouring our hearts out to God and letting our emotions show and shouting. And we ended up dancing a bit and singing, and it was just, it was intense, and I, I felt the joy of the Lord. Like, I felt this kind of, like, smile on my face that, like, wouldn't go away. It was kind of crazy, and um, I just felt God's joy, and then I felt, like, compassion for people. I was crying. Like, it was an intense time with the Lord, and I had never experienced anything that, anything like that in my life up until that point, and so it was just amazing to, like, experience that with God, 
And I realized, like, man, so many times I, like, I let moments go by because my, I just let my heart be cold, you know? I'm not willing to seek God that way, that passionately, that intensely, for whatever reason. I don't know why. And then, you know, a week or so later, we just, we had another moment like that, you know? It's like, why not? Why can't we have moments like that all the time? So my question to us is, is, is the same question that I've kind of posed, this, this challenge. What keeps us from giving our whole hearts to God? Why should we ever withhold anything in our heart from him in any moment? You know, whether you're driving home, whether you're, you know, you're with some friends and you're, you're hanging out or wherever you're at, there's always a moment to, to really cry out to God, to really give him your all. Isn't this part of what it means to, to seek God with all of our hearts and then we'll find him? Guys, I want to find God. I want to see God. Moses, Moses in, his, in his love for God, asked if he could just see a glimpse of him. You know? That's, that's part of my, that's, one, that's another a part of my passion. I just want to see God. I'm crying out to God. I want to experience you. He's my God. I love him. He gave everything for me. So guys, let's, um, yeah, let's seek God that way.